0: This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Good Thursday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi. Glad to be with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Don't worry, we've got the tarp on the field, and we are good to go with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort.
1: Sorry, I just heard it's raining outside. We don't want to risk a bad show. See you guys. I'm out of here. Canceled.
2: Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Book your tee time, plan your trip there That's dancygrabbitgolf.com, part of Pearl River Resort. You can join the conversation on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Who knew that we were going to be talking, in the way that we are going to be talking, about a midweek, second-of-two-games college baseball game That was a win for the home team, but the road team is all kinds up in their feelings about. And people are mad about a rule. And frankly are mad about things that they shouldn't be mad about because it's just dumb. But we got a whole lot of drama to unpack from game two of the midweek Series between Ole Miss and Louisiana Tech that saw Louisiana Tech win Game One six five on Tuesday night, Tuesday afternoon, and Game Two moved up an hour to three o'clock yesterday because of impending weather. Hindsight, maybe it should have been moved up more than an hour. There's some logistics in play there as well.
3: Yeah, I'm ready. I had a really bad cup of coffee earlier, so I, so I'm I'm spiced up and ready to fire off my takes, man. I'm going full Skip Bayless today.
2: Well, so was was Lane Burroughs um, after the you game. You already Lay, hit LeBron. Lay, yes. Lane Burroughs had some. Let's start there, shall we? Well, I, uh, hold on, hold on. All right, so here's what happened. Yes, yeah, if, if you missed it, if you missed it, Ole Miss and Louisiana Tech were playing uh-huh. yesterday. Game started at 3 o'clock. They made it into the top of the seventh inning. After six complete innings, Ole Miss led 4-3. The Rebels got three runs in the fourth inning, and they took the lead in the bottom of the fifth inning to go up 4-3. Neither team scored in the sixth inning. And then in the top of the seventh inning, while play was going on, Louisiana Tech scored two runs to take a 5-4 lead. And then there was lightning that was detected in the area. There is an 8-mile radius around a playing surface. This is an SEC rule. ESPN actually has a different set of rules. Their radius is 10 miles, which is why sometimes games will actually continue to be played but without camera people. They will lock off the cameras and they'll leave. That's why you like don't get cutaway shots. Anyway, that's beside the point. SEC rule is 8 miles around the field of play. This is not arbitrary. There is a device that measures an eight-mile radius and detects lightning strikes. And if a lightning strikes during an outdoor event within an eight-mile radius of the field of play, the teams are cleared from the field, and there is a 30-minute stoppage. And every time a lightning bolt strikes, or there is a lightning strike within that eight-mile radius, the 30-minute clock starts over. If for some reason, in college baseball, a game has become an official game after five innings, or four and a half if the home team is leading, then the game can end and will be an official game. If you continue play beyond the fifth inning, you have to finish an entire inning or it reverts to the previously played inning score. So, for example, if Louisiana Tech had scored a run in the top of the 6th inning, Ole Miss had batted in the bottom of the 6th inning, and the game had been tied 4-4. And then they had played the top of the 7th inning, but had not finished the 7th inning, the game would have reverted to a 4-4 tie. But because the last completed inning was the 6th inning, you revert to the score of the last completed inning, which was 4-3, to three, and therefore Ole Miss was declared the winner, and the game was declared complete. Now, it gets kind of salty for people because Louisiana Tech had actually taken the lead in the top of the seventh inning and was ahead 5-4, to four, but because Ole Miss did not bat in the bottom of the seventh inning, for that matter the top of the seventh inning was not completed, You revert to the last fully played inning, and it's an Ole Miss victory because they were in the lead at the end of that. Now, I think we're going to debate the rule. You guys think it's a dumb rule. I think it's just the rule, whatever. That's fine. Can we address the tarp thing first? Can we play Burroughs because this is how it started? Yes, I I think that's a good plan. All right, so
4: this is post-game Lane Burroughs. Ask our guys to go out and play hard and to, and to compete, and they did. And then you got to go in and tell them that you, you you lost after you took the lead. And that's kind of what I told the administrators and Coach Bianco and the umpires. Uh, you know, put yourself in my shoes. Um, y- your team battles back and takes the lead, and now I got to go tell them you lost. Um, you know, I know me personally, I wouldn't want to win a game that way. Come back and play. We don't care. I mean, we're Louisiana Tech. We'll come back and we'll play three innings. We'll drive back up here. We kind of got the uh, pushback on that one as well, so we'll see what happens. And, and, uh, but, you know, the, the decision to not tarp the field and, and uh, to start the game, we could have started it earlier today. There's a lot, of, a lot of layers, and it's unfortunate and it's disappointing, but it is what it is, and we're kind of at the mercy of them because of home field.
2: I don't disagree with anything Lane Burroughs said other than his referencing not tarping the field. Because his reference to not tarping the field was just a big old pile of dumb. He loses credibility for everything else he says because he references not tarping the field. The game was stopped not because of rain, but because of lightning. And the fact is, there was not enough rain at Swayze and in the Oxford area from the time the game began through the entirety of the delay to have any reason to put a tarp on the field. In fact, when I left the studio yesterday at about five minutes after six and had to go um pick Francis up from church, but that wasn't until six thirty, I thought I'll just meander through old Taylor Road. Lights are on in the stadium even though they're not playing. So I just cut up through that way and I looked and yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, I don't have a tarp on the field, even though they're in a weather delay. And I looked down, and I was like, oh, it's because the infield's dry. There was no reason for there to be a tarp on the field. Here's what they knew, and what here's what you knew if you were looking at the radar. It sprinkled on and off. Field drains well. Make your jokes about Lake Swayze. That's all been fixed from years ago. Field drains well. The infield was not holding water. There were no puddles anywhere. It wasn't gooey. It every, wasn't gummy. It wasn't muddy. Every time money. it
1: rains in Oxford, you make that reference. Literally, literally, you're like the only one holding on to it still.
2: Yeah, I know. Pete, no, I, I seriously doubt that. I, I seriously doubt I'm the only one still holding on to that. There was no reason for there to be a tarp on the field. And, and here's why. If they had gotten the all-clear, if they had made it through the 30-minute window, they needed to be able to jump and play because there was going to be a tight window because the radar showed you that rain was on the way. If you're in a lightning delay where you have to have the field cleared, you can't have your guys out there running around taking the tarp off. So what are you going to do? Wait another 10, 12 minutes to get the tarp off the field and out of the way so that then you can resume play? But, again, there was no reason for there to be a tarp on the field because the field wasn't unplayable. You weren't playing because of a lightning delay, not because of rain. And and so that piece of it just makes no sense to me.
3: So we'll get into the other stuff because we're up against a break. We'll get into the other stuff in a second. But that, I agree with with you and everybody on that. It's the obsession with the tarp thing. Which is what drove so much because Louisiana Tech released a statement also where they referenced the tarp. The tarp was not the issue; it never was the issue. They didn't not play because the field was wet. That was never the reason why. It was lightning, and then a tornado watch storm came through the area. Regardless if the tarp was on the field or not, you're you're not playing while there's a tornado watch going on. It was never the the tarp was not the issue. They're they're barking up the wrong tree when it comes to why that game wasn't played, it's it's the rule that's the problem, not the tarp. Uh,
2: but, but, but people are hung up on the rule also. They're like, if it wasn't raining, why weren't they playing? There is, in CAA baseball, the SEC have rules that if there is lightning, it's not yeah. like it used to be. If there is lightning in an area and there is a lightning detection thing, piece of equipment then you, you, you are not allowed to play for thirty minutes. You you're not allowed to play. Uh here here's one. Uh you were deflecting. Who called the game? Why not schedule last three innings? Any way you cut it, Ole Miss lost both games. Except for the fact that they didn't. The only persons losing credibility are Ole Miss and Blabbermouth on the radio. Okay. <laughs>
0: Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, Sports Talk, Mississippi. Fourth quarter action in the SEC women's basketball tournament, and Texas A&M currently leads Mississippi State sixty-seven sixty. This uh, that could be a blow for the Mississippi State women's NCAA tournament chances. They are a bubble team. You think they're in? Hey, Dad, they're in. Okay.
1: You need to be pulling for state here, too. Why is that? Because you want that game tomorrow. Oh, it's what you want to be wearing it. maroon and white all day at the uh, Palmer Home Radiothon.
2: Yeah, no, Well, <clears throat> I'd like to see another team from Mississippi get in the NCAA tournament regardless, but sure, yeah, I, I can make it <laughs> selfish. Um, all I know You're is selfish. Sam Purcell was really lobbying to be in the tournament after their win a week ago Sunday, and then they lost to LSU. What in the season finale? Yeah,
1: Charlie Cramp. Charlie Cream He said that he thought he had state locked in. That okay. That as, as, good. Uh, currently, like a nine seed. So,
2: very good. Hey, I want to. I want to read you a message that I responded to Keith with. Keith was asking about, okay, if it didn't rain, why didn't they resume play? We said lightning. He said, so did it lightning all night? Yes. I, I was in Oxford. Here's what happened. While we were on the air yesterday, it rained a couple of times. but about five what between five and five thirty, that's the the front end of that storm started moving in. and there was very little rain, but there was pretty significant thunder and lightning. And it wasn't just constant, but it was it was steady enough that the the clock for the game just kept resetting and kept resetting and kept resetting. They thought they got to a window where they were going to be able to resume the game. In fact, they announced a restart time for 7.45, and shortly before the game was supposed to start back, there was big lightning and big thunder. At 8 o'clock last night, and I know it was that time because I had to go pick Ava Montgomery up from a dance practice, it really started thundering and lightning, and then the rain started, and between 8 and about 10 after 8, that storm rolled in, and it was biblical for most of the night. Saw a note from a golf course here that they got just a shade under four inches of rain overnight, which is a ton of rain. And I'd pretty much sleep through anything. And I had, like, thunder wake me up two or three different times last night. It was a big storm last night in Oxford. But all of that was after the baseball game was over. They couldn't play the game because of the lightning.
3: They couldn't finish it because of Lightning. Well, let's get to the crux of the issue. Okay. You know, the the idea that Mike Bianco, this is the the angle that's cracking me up, that Bianco was, was scared to lose that game, and that's why they... Mike Bianco, a head coach in the SEC for 22 years and the most recent national champion who was just given basically a lifetime contract and he's the highest-paid coach in college baseball, who, again, plays in the SEC, whose RPI will not be affected at all by even losing both of those games because of Louisiana Tech being a good program. Not going to hurt him. He was scared? Is that really what you want to go with? No, that's irrational fan speak. That's not what it is. However, it is objectively garbage that a team, with the lead in a game, when the game ends... Loses the game. Now, when I say that, I've learned on social media, because people can't use their brains on social media, that I am saying that the rule was applied incorrectly. Nope, that's not what I'm saying. The rule is written very clearly. They applied it correctly. It doesn't make it fair or just. If you're, like, I had people say, oh, no, it is a fair rule. You're only saying that because your team was the benefactor. Reverse the roles completely reverse them. And you would be mad today. It is goofy, and they need to amend it. Because the team with the lead, when the game ended, lost the game. And that is simply just not okay. And that doesn't mean the rule was uh, applied incorrectly. It was applied correctly. That's what it says. Tell me what you propose should have happened. What should happen is a no contest. In, in this exact scenario, if the game has gone past four and a half innings, so it can be an official game, if an inning has not been completed, but the visiting team has a lead, the game is deemed a no contest. That simple. That simple. Because there's no way to know what Ole Miss would have done in the bottom of the seventh inning. No way to know. They could have hit five home runs. That offense is capable of doing it. They also could have grounded out three times and ended the game. We have no idea what would have happened. Not a clue. But Louisiana Tech, when the game ended, had the lead in the game. That should not be a game that they lose. Add an amendment to the rule. It's it's, it's just one more line. Visiting team has the lead in an incomplete inning, and the game cannot be continued. The game is ruled a no contest. That is what FAIR is. That is the right thing to do, make an amendment, change the rule. doesn't mean the application last night was wrong. It means the rule stinks and needs to be amended.
2: Does the rule stink?
3: Yes. Yes, Yes, the rule
1: stinks. Hold on a second. Let me at least finish the question I'm going to ask. But here's the problem with whatever you're about to say. There is a rule that allows a team that is winning to lose. I'm done at that point. I can't, I can't go any further. There's no logical leap you can make. Nothing you're about to say can change the fact that the team that was winning when the game ended lost the game. I can't get around that. Except for the fact that the rule was in place
2: well before the game began, it's not like it went into a delay and then you're like, "Hey, we got to come up with a rule. What would be the most equitable way?" Tell you what, let's go back to the last inning that was played. That, Everybody that, that, signs up role. for this. We've been we've it's this rule has been in matters. place
1: for years. But that's not that's fine. Yeah. plenty of rules have been in place for years that are dumb. They're playing dumb rules. You put, you put your hands on a quarterback and you get a flag thrown. It's a dumb rule, but we knew it was the rule before the game started.
3: Yeah, that, that, I'm not saying that they should have, again, I'm not saying that they should have made a different decision last night. It is clear cut. It is clear cut. But that doesn't mean you can't go in and decide, you know what, we had a scenario that happened in Oxford back in March. We need to change that because that, that that doesn't sit right, that a team with the lead when the game ends lost the game. Change it. Targeting. We know what targeting is. It doesn't make a player getting ejected for making a regular football play just or fair, but we know what the rule is. It doesn't mean it shouldn't you be fumble, changed.
1: You fumble through the end zone and it's a touchback. I know that's the rule. It's still a dumb rule. There. There can be dumb rules.
2: I just don't think every single time we get an outcome that is not Necessarily a just outcome, and this wasn't right. I mean, this is, like, there's no way around this. Stinks for Louisiana Tech. They took the lead in the game. We don't know how it would have ended. I, I completely get Lane Burroughs going to bat for his team. I completely get him saying, "Man, we told him we'd come back up here and finish this game. We'll drive four and a half hours for three innings of baseball, which, by the way, is ridiculous. Nobody's doing that. You don't even do that on SEC weekends." No, nobody's bringing a team back in to add a midweek game to finish two and a half innings. That—that's, I mean, that's great from a bravado standpoint, but that's not reality. The game was going to be over one way or the other last night. But we don't have to go change a rule every time that it's like, man, I really don't like the results of the rule. Well, but it—it works fine. Does it work? Right.
3: It didn't work fine last night. That's the point. It, did, it, it didn't did. work. I mean, they you know completed an inning. It worked fine in Ole Miss's favor, but it doesn't mean it was. It, it's. It's. You're adding one line. You're not changing the course of the game. You're adding one amendment. That, that's and, it. One and, and more line. And by the way,
2: if if you just flipped this thing and it had been in Louisiana Tech, I would have said the exact same thing. I would have said that really stinks for Ole Miss. I would not be advocating to rewrite the rule book. It's not rewriting the rule book. It's adding one line. But that's not rewriting okay, the rule. Okay, don't do the semantics thing. I would not be advocating for adding a line and changing the rule for rain delays and completions of games in college baseball. I wouldn't. This is not a oh he's Ole Miss, oh he's for Louisiana Tech, oh somebody got screwed. I just I don't think there's a need to change the rule. Why not? Uh, what does I, it? What is Just, it just hurt? explain it. Because you had a. I didn't say that it harms anything. I just don't see any reason to change it. You had a winner. You had a loser. Move on. It's one game in the middle of the
1: season. I mean. We keep score for a reason. We do. And so you go so to the point
2: we, where there was an equitable place no, to draw no. you, yeah, we, Okay, we, you we, say no. You don't like my explanation, but then when I explain what it is, you're like, I don't oh, no, like that's a dumb. Rule.
3: That's fine. I don't like but a Morty rule just that has a team me, Why not? that's winning
1: because it doesn't make sense. The team that was winning lost the game. Say it out I loud. am aware
2: of that because of extenuating circumstances. You go
1: to the point that's where the you thing. had a... the circumstances shouldn't be extenuating. It should just be as simple as they were winning, and they I lost. I don't that's
5: disagree with your
2: opinion. That's fine. Borky asked me why my opinion was what it was, and I said I just don't have a problem with the rule. You want to change it? Fine. Don't make me say I want to change it. It's fine. We'll be back. Sports talk, Mississippi.
0: Dot K- FM. This is sports, Talk. This is sports Talk, Mississippi. What I say, sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, Sports Talk, Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Lots of responses from you on the our text line 601-879-4395. eight seven nine four three nine five. I'll try to go rapid fire through these.
1: They're funny too, because half of them are like engaged with the discussion and, and you know giving their points, and the other half are like, "When are y'all going to stop talking about this?" And then those those people, I just ask, "What do, what do you want us to do?" You you send us a topic. The most and topic, maybe we'll hit on it.
3: The most talked about thing in this state today is that right there. I mean, whew. yeah. But I got I, I got, I got some
1: so, old Miss lady at 3:30 in the morning hitting me up saying I can't believe you said this when I didn't even say anything. That's how hot a topic
2: this is. And, and and then there's the random Keith invading. Richard, one more thing: when you do a game on TV, you need to tell the cameraman not to get so close. You look bigger than you are. <laughs> okay, Keith. I know how that goes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can respect the no contest. I've been going to Ole Miss baseball games for the last 12 years, and if there is any way possible to play the game in its entirety, Mike Bianco will find a way to make it happen. Yeah, he, he kind of has a reputation for doing that. But that—I mean, look—that really can't enter this discussion, okay? Uh, Mike in Oxford reminds us that in Major League Baseball, Louisiana Tech would have won the game. Major League Baseball once it's a complete game, and the game stops and it cannot be resumed, and it is declared a game, it's whoever's winning there. There's no returning to any point. Which is also an inequitable way to decide the outcome of a game. Uh, let's see here. Robin Grenada. What was the reason that Ole Miss gave for not starting the game earlier? They knew a storm was coming. Just curious. By the way, Michael is right. Hashtag change the dang rule. I, I don't know that Olvis Miss gave um, a specific reason. I do think it's important to know that there are a lot of moving parts that go into putting on a college athletics contest.
3: Yeah, there's been some of that. I mean, they moved it up an hour already, but and I understand Burroughs was hot. And he the, the TARP thing is, you know, he's mad. And I, I understand the anger, truly I do. Would have been a big win for his team that they didn't get despite having the lead. But the whole, we'll just drive up, which I would be surprised if Louisiana Tech would write the check to get them to drive up to play two and a half innings three weeks later. Maybe they would. I'd be surprised. But the amount of people that are involved in putting on games is not just players and umpires. I mean, if you had to guess, how many people work at one Ole Miss or Mississippi State baseball game that are not a coach or a player? How many people work at those games?
2: Oh, a couple hundred.
3: And you can't security, just call up,
2: security concessions, maintenance, cleanup crews, not to mention radio crews and TV crews and parking, people. media relations people, and yeah, I mean, I guess I would lump parking into yeah, like, shuttle drivers to yeah. parking
3: lots. And, it's a lot of people. It's a lot, and, and these are people that often have other jobs, and they do the baseball games as like a side gig, get a little extra money. Or have kids and families and lives and stuff. And if you go to work at a set time, let's say you go to work at noon. That's when you go to work. Every single day. You know you got to go to work at noon. And then you wake up on a Wednesday morning and your boss calls you and says, you need to be here at 9 instead of noon. That throws your whole day I mean, it just that ruins everything. And so when you've got a couple hundred people... That are working your game, that you need to work your game. You can't just call them the morning of the game and say, Hey, you know, you're supposed to be here at two? You gotta be here at nine. It's 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 not practical. When you're on a college campus as well, these kids do go to class and school and things like that. There's just so much involved putting a game on that the day of deciding you're gonna start five hours earlier is not practical. Just our
2: text line. Uh, hey, guys, this is Alan. I'm surprised that that coach is whining about calling that baseball game. How was it fair for them to have an extra at-bat and compared to Ole Miss, he needs to quit whining? Okay. Um, Which, by the way, is not our discussion. Our discussion was about the rule in place. The application of the rule was accurate. Lane Burrows fine going to bat for his team. He's off base on the tarp thing. The, the, the more heated part of our discussion about whether or not was whether or not the rules should be changed. Michael and Borky and Brian Haydad are very much in favor of that. I'm just kind of like, I, I don't care. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? What if tech had been up by 10 when it was called? I can't imagine the outrage there would have been. I mean, 110, 200. It's the same outcome. But yes, I I understand your point. What does the actual rule say versus what happened? The the application of the rule was 100% perfect. Yeah. In the event a game cannot be played to its completion and five innings have been logged, when the game comes to a stop you will resume to the last fully completed inning, and the score at that point shall determine the outcome of the game. That's what the rule says. I agree with Borky. He makes sense. You should never lose a game in leading if the game is called and won't be finished. Hey Dad and Borky make good points. I also agree with Hey Dad on changing the football rule about fumbling into the end zone. Yeah, I hate that one.
1: That's just an easy one to fix. They, they've That's changed the it in the uh, XFL. Yeah, I haven't watched.
2: Dwayne and Brandon, y'all made me get online to see if neck muscles were poking out in this heated discussion. Dwayne, we know
3: that you're already watching Hey Dad. We know that. Don't lie. You
1: know why Richard uh, doesn't doesn't like this rule, Borky? Because he's got soft hands.
3: Ah, that's right.
1: That's why. That's why.
2: You're one to be talking about somebody with soft hands. Oh, no, jumps, no, no, no. Oh. oh.
3: Is there a reference... Before- I'm saving you. Before, a, a listener texted us when you were off and said, "Y'all have soft hands," and we were like, "Is that good or bad?" And we like looked at our hands. And we're like, "Is that good?" Or like, because Randy Moss had soft hands, and that was great. Are you complimenting us or hating on us? Turns out, it's like a TikTok trend, where, oh, okay. yeah,
1: okay, I saved uh, you. Thank you. Let me tell you. I was gonna these, say, these guys made pizzas for 20 years, brother. They're plenty callous. They'll be all right. So I was
2: going to ask, hey, Dad, when the last time he picked up a shovel or a rake or a broom or a piece of lawn equipment I was? A shovel the
1: other day. Had a bag of charcoal that got wet, and when I picked it up, it just went everywhere. So I had to shovel it to put it in the trash can.
2: Uh, Pretty simple It should be a no contest The home team can't have less at-bats than the visitors Especially in a one-run game But the Burroughs-TARP thing and acting like Ole Miss did something wrong Is also outrageous
3: yeah, He said, I-, I assume on a radio show in Louisiana But he was quoted to say about an hour ago As long as he's the head coach at Louisiana Tech He will never schedule Ole Miss again
1: Lane Burroughs, you got to remember, coach under John Cohen So it's not like he had a whole lot of love for Ole Miss Coming into this event, probably
2: all right. There it is. There's the tweet. Uh, Fox 4 Sports Talk, Sean Fox, tech head coach Lane Burroughs. We won't be scheduling Ole Miss again in the regular season as long as I'm the coach here. The response to that, uh, tweet on our ceasefire text line, Lane Burroughs is clearly pandering for the
3: state job. Well, and he's advocating for his guys. I, I, I understand why he was mad, but. but t- tell me who that hurts, by the way.
2: When when the coach at Louisiana Tech goes, we won't schedule Ole Miss anymore. I mean, is that like a deal where Ole Miss is going to be like, "Oh, come on, guys, that, don't don't go down." Where does Ole Miss go? Okay, that's fine. Ole, fine. Ole Miss
1: can find a team they can actually they can find a team they can actually beat to play in the non conference. They can beat Louisiana Tech recently.
2: Louisiana Tech's been pretty good.
1: Get a three-game set with Arkansas State happening,
2: I mean, whatever.
1: <laughs> I mean, sir, they, is that not?
2: It, it's petty. I mean, what is Lane Burroughs doing? Again, good for you for, for going. Team. Good for you for going to bat t- for your guys. But there was a lightning storm that rolled in, and you got screwed by a bad rule. There, I said it, a Bad way, rule. I, I don't know that there, I changed there, the rule,
1: but it's a bad rule, sure. There is no chance, 0% chance, that if they have a good enough season, Louisiana Tech won't be in the Oxford Regional. <laughs> oh, they have I'll to. I'll guarantee it right now. Have to.
2: Didn't you tell me that you reached out to Louisiana Tech about possibly having Lane Burrows on the show today?
3: Yeah, and I'm hoping to still make that happen. But no, they did not respond to me today. But... We shall see.
1: <laughs> on, on the text line, Ole Miss has soft hands. <laughs> I mean, had
2: time for Fox Four Sports
1: Talk. <laughs> well, you know, you had the local market there. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm sorry, I'm just
1: keeping. You'd have asked up. one question and laying to talk the remaining ten minutes. He just would have. He just would have laid into it. I've been fine. Yeah.
2: And then I would have asked him, why are you making a big deal about the tarp when the tarp wasn't the issue? Yeah. Depending on how he responded. I
5: mean, whatever.
2: Ah, uh, Sports Talk, Mississippi. We'll be back.
0: Back to Sports Talk, Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app. Supertalk.fm and always on your local Supertalk Mississippi station.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at Supertalk.fm at Super Talk TV. Thanks for being with us. I mean, this this story just keeps getting wrinkles to it. So so we, we get this uh, this message a second ago that, that gives us Lane Burrow's statement about as long as I'm the head coach, we'll never play Ole Miss again here. Like I, I'm genuinely curious, guys, what what's the rationale behind that? I mean, he's, he's obviously, he, he's clearly mad.
3: Is that not a cut off your nose to spite your face thing? He thinks that his team and his program got done dirty, is what he thinks. I mean, Louisiana Tech hosted Ole Miss
2: a couple of, like, it, it's not just, these, this is a bye game and Tech comes to Oxford every year and plays one game or two games. I mean, Ole Miss agreed to play at their place, and did was it last year or two years ago?
3: Very recent.
2: That that strikes me as something. Now, maybe he had already been told that the series wasn't going to continue with Ole Miss coming to there, and so he can say this and know there's no consequence because it wasn't going to happen anyway. I I just I don't understand why you would say that about an SEC team that would be interesting to your fan base that has already come to your place and played a series, and maybe that could continue going forward. That. Your short-term anger seems to be clouding your future judgment there. My thought. Am I off on that? Or is this, this a man standing on principle? Well,
1: eh, no. I mean, he'll find other teams to play. It's not a huge deal.
2: Sure he will. Mississippi State going to play two games in Rustin? Arkansas? I don't know LSU. They go Maybe. get LSU to come play two games in Rustin?
1: The LSU, no. no.
2: Let, me, let me tell you what the answer to that question is on those others, also. Nah, probably not.
1: But
3: okay. Hmm. It's just odd. Well, the the implication Somebody, too that it, the implication that. Ole Miss chose to not move the game up hours, so that it would get weather delayed to save them from losing is odd because what would have, what would your take have been had they been up eleven <laughs> to nothing? You know, I, I mean, it's to, to claim that they made the de- that Mike Bianco decided Wednesday morning. You know what? They're going to be beating us by one run in the seventh, so we gotta we we can't start this game any sooner than three because. Uh, we got to take advantage of this loophole rule that uh, you know can can really screw them over in the seventh inning when the the the, the lightning's going to come because we know it's going to come then and we know we're going to be losing then so l- let's start the game here. Like the,
1: a I mean, lot of their complaints yeah, don't Greg hold up Curry, under he scrutiny. Takes, he takes everything into account. Yeah. He leaves no detail on, on 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 uncovered. Yeah,
3: like the tarp thing doesn't hold up under scrutiny when you like really think it. When you think it through. But he's not speaking to anybody but his fans. Yeah. Um, Will and Eupora.
2: Will, well, he, Will was originally from Eupora. He lives in Greenville, North Carolina. And he works with ECU. He had a kind of an interesting take here. He says, moving start times up on a weekday makes broadcasting the games hard. Our ESPN Plus crews are anywhere between 10 and 20 people. Freelancers and students of the majority of the crews. Most can't make it there before 4 p.m. Broadcast and video seems to be one of the first thing that people complain about when it's not great and they expect it to be perfect every time. He says it's going to be a struggle for us at ECU this weekend with spring break starting tomorrow. And then he also said after getting left NCUSA, is Louisiana Tech in any place in any sport to be making declarative statements like that about who they will and won't play? I guess he did, but... Yeah, there he you did go. make that statement. He did. James in Hattiesburg says, Jacksonville State coming to Conference USA will replace Ole Miss. Well, I'm in bad Conference <laughs> here. <anyway.
3: laughs>
2: That'll do it. Um, Real quick, okay, who's the head it?
3: football coach at Jacksonville State?
2: It's not Jack Crow anymore, is it?
3: You know.
1: It's, uh, it's uh, Rich Rodriguez. Yes,
3: sir. Rich Rodriguez, former Alabama head coach, Rich Rodriguez. That's right. Um,
2: what was I gonna? What What was the story with Ole Miss, Louisiana Tech, where they couldn't play the second game in Ruston a couple of years ago?
3: I don't remember. Asking me? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh. They shut the season
2: down. was it that when COVID rolled in? He says, we played down there in 21, but we canceled the second game due to COVID. Oh, I don't remember. Mike in Oxford is going to remember the details on that. I don't know. I don't remember. All that stuff runs together. At the end of the day, does this non-conference game loss really mean that much? Probably not. I mean, Louisiana Tech gets an RPI boost from winning the first game. The road loss doesn't really hurt them from an RPI standpoint. they think they would, were going to win it, then, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of a boost that they won't get. So,
0: 4 o'clock hour coming up next. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you, Sports Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and SuperTalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Glad to be with you on this Thursday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can check them out online at pearlriverresort.com. A lot of reaction from you this afternoon on the C Spire text line. Glad to always hear from you. It's the best way for you to connect with us during the show. 601-879-4395 is the number. Give your business the edge with Gigabit Fiber Internet from C Spire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire country. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M Trade Park be sure to check them out at mtradepark.com. You can see the full schedule of events, and there is a lot that is on the horizon at uh, at M Trade Park. They've got two huge weekends that are uh, that are coming up very very soon. In fact, this weekend, over 150 teams will be in Oxford playing baseball at M Trade Park. That's this weekend. I think there are about 115 teams that will be at M Trade Park next weekend and they've got a new uh, a new area for uh, the folks that are there called the dugout it's a uh, a merchandise store food options that are available there's just a lot that's happening as m trade park continues to grow and become more fan friendly for all of the people that are involved it's 155 teams next weekend uh 150 uh, let's see here this weekend 155 baseball teams next weekend 115 Teams that will be there. And the dugout is a gift shop and apparel store that's located inside the Home Two Suites Quad at M Trade Park. You can find anything from t shirts and hats to coloring books and chalk for the kids. And uh, they've got outdoor chairs that are available. You can even buy a chair when you get to the ballpark if you uh, forget one at home. That's at M Trade Park. If you're going to play, play M Trade. Richard Cross, Michael Borke, Brian Haydad. Have we exhausted the uh, the Ole Miss Louisiana Tech conversation? No, let's do two more hours on it. So the answer is yes. Yeah. I by think... the way, by the way, the second game of the twenty twenty one series in Ruston was canceled because of co- a, a COVID positive within the Ole Miss program and subsequent contact tracing. That caused Ole Miss to be able to travel with a limited number of pick, uh, pitchers. And so they canceled the second game. Louisiana Tech beat the Brakes off of Ole Miss in that first game. They won that one 13-1. That was in 2021. So there you go.
3: The, okay. This question, I, I, I guess, I don't know how much clearer I can be, though. only question that needs to be asked, did everyone know the rules before starting the game? Yes, but yes. Lane Burroughs thinks that Ole Miss did stuff to to make sure that that game get, didn't continue. That's what he thinks. He's not, he's not mad about the rule, although that's where his gripe should be. He should be advocating for a change in that. That would be more rational and palatable. Instead, it's fun to share his quotes on Twitter because anger gets you retweets and not rationality. You can't be rational on that website because nobody is rational on that website. But instead, he's he's accusing Mike Bianco and Ole Miss of not starting the game earlier so they could intentionally cancel it right when they got a one-run deficit. That's what he's doing. And, and that is asinine. It, it comes off a little meatball-y. His, his, his meatball-y. comments... Yeah, meatball. It sounds like a bit of a meatball.
2: What By the way... Doesn't Mike Bianco have like a two-decade-plus track record of doing everything he can to play games? Yes, I understand the Arkansas State game last
3: year, notwithstanding. I, I, I get it. That was, that was a job preservation thing. That's what that was. Last turned, night out was not... a, turned out to be
2: a season preservation thing and also turned out to be a
3: really wise decision. A very lucrative, ring-bearing decision. That uh, that was, but yeah, that decision in part led to a trophy. Yeah, that's why I can't get on board with that part. The Mike Bianco was scared. No, scared of what? He just he he just won the national championship. <laughs> what what could he possibly be scared of? They play. They've got thirty SEC games. You think he's worried about an RPI drop from a team that's gonna have a good one? No, Louisiana Derek Tech losing that game wouldn't have hurt them at all. That's not what it. Eric in Greenwood
2: says Mike B grabbed the bat phone to the big guy and called in some lightning. Yes,
5: I mean,
1: I know y'all got one up there. It's what got that wind gust in nineteen eighty three. Man, you you can't. Yeah, never mind. I'm I can't. What blame God for that? <laughs> yes, I can.
2: The, you know, the- I was just going to suggest that maybe you shouldn't be mad at God for being an Ole Miss fan. It's okay. I'm just saying.
3: (laughs) I've learned, though, over the last few weeks, especially thanks to message board geniuses—great account, by the way—that there are real-life people out there that think that their football team is being in like wins and losses, and recruiting wins and transfer wins are influenced. By God himself, and I, I love that about college football fans. It is absolutely insane, but I love it.
2: I think Bianco plays games. And he, not, not like he put, like he plays the games. He doesn't play games. He just plays the schedule, and then if something happens, then they adjust along the way.
3: But what Haydad and I are saying is because that happened and it's unjust, they can add one more line to the rulebook to avoid that situation happening uh, again. Yeah. Yes, the teams were aware of what it was before the game started. They were aware <clears throat> the rules. Your argument correctly. is that it's a bad rule. Yes, it was applied exactly. correctly last any, night.
1: Any rule, any rule that ha- that 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 sets it where the team that is winning at the time the game ends eventually loses the game, is a bad rule. Yeah. I just I I cannot get behind that kind of
3: rule. I love it though. I mean, it, I'm trying to spend less time on social media, although it's a great tool for for what we do. I learn a lot and I follow the right people and get content ideas and stuff. Last night was ridiculous in terms of the reactions. Um, but I'll tell you what, all Bulldogs stick together. Uh, <laughs> The, the, the State fans were, were advocating on Louisiana Tech's behalf last night, uh, for sure. All right. Let's switch to some hoops. We didn't mention, though, other bit of baseball news last night. Oh, yeah. Big. Big. And then State gave us some interesting baseball news as well, but Hunter Elliott expected to return mid-February sometime. Did- Mid-February? I April, just, yeah, no, April. mid-February yeah, Re- next year. Retroactively, yes. would it would have been uh would have been a, a timeline on. for y'all something more severe? y'all got a phone called, y'all got a phone line to
1: God and a time machine. I'm calling shenanigans. It's, it's too, too much.
3: I've I've my YouTube algorithm keeps feeding me Joe Rogan stuff, and if I had a time machine, I'd go back to the building of the pyramids. That's what I would I would love to have those answers, but no, uh, Hunter Elliott, uh, April, mid-April. Somewhere around the Mississippi State Series uh, is his target return date. He did not tear his UCL. It's sprained, so he's going to have to go through some rehab, but does not immediately need it to be surgically repaired. They took their
2: time on this also. And ultimately, this was Hunter Elliott's decision. Right? I mean... I, I'm sure people that he trusted Ole Miss factored in, but, but Ole Miss gave him a lot of runway to have his MRI results sent to multiple orthopedic specialists to even go and visit one-on-one and be examined by orthopedic specialists whose, forgive the redundancy, specialty, is elbow injuries, UCL specifically, Tommy John-specific orthopedic surgeons. They got a lot of opinions, took their time, and ultimately came to a place where they were comfortable. And the comfortable landing spot was, what, three or four weeks of no throwing at all to give the elbow time to heal, and then get into a throwing program and a program and ramp his way back up to competition. And assuming that goes well, then great. And if there's a complication, then they will revisit in the same way they did this time. They'll figure out what to do next. So I think hat tip to the medical staff that was involved in this and kind of the Ole Miss Baseball program as a whole for the way they handled it, the way they allowed Hunter Elliott and his family to be comfortable with the decision, and then you put a plan in place and you hope that it works out. And if it doesn't work out, you did the best you could, and if it does, that's great for Hunter Elliott, and it's great for Ole Miss baseball.
1: Mid-April, April April 14th, 15th, 16th, that's Mississippi State versus Ole Miss. Could his first start be in Starkville? Potentially. Mm
2: -hmm. Potentially could be. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll talk some hoops
0: next. Talk Mississippi continues.
2: Welcome again, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Thank you for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. We talked yesterday about the fact that there were two really interesting games last night on the schedule in basketball at the conference. Turned out there were three interesting games. The LSU-Missouri game turned out to be really, really good. Missouri trailed in that game by 19, and they came back and won. But that's not the one that grabbed the headlines. You had Vanderbilt at Kentucky. Vanderbilt had lost 14 straight games at Rupp Arena. And in the first four minutes of the game, Vanderbilt lost their big man, Liam Robbins, And by the way, that's a matchup that you wanted to watch, right? Liam Robbins against Oscar Shibway in the post. Those two guys, really skilled, really talented, going at each other. You didn't get it. But you did get Vanderbilt getting a a road win at Kentucky. And now Vandy comes home, and whatever slim, slim NCAA tournament chances they have remaining outside of winning the SEC tournament, Hinge completely on a home win against Mississippi State on Saturday. I do not believe that, in and of itself, that would be enough to get Vandy in the tournament. They're sitting on ten conference wins after last night. Ten
1: wins I'm in the sure, SEC. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure if they beat State, they, they get the double bye
2: they would be the 4?
1: I think so. Is that right?
2: So right now you got Alabama who won the league as the 1. Texas A&M is locked in as the 2. Vandy has a win over Tennessee and a win over Kentucky. And so if they finish 11 and 6. I'm sorry, if they finish 11 and 11, 11 and 7. And, uh, da, 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 11 and seven they do against Missouri. I'll I'll just I'll take your word on that. But they are in the mix still for that four seed. Yeah. Okay. Missouri hosts M- Missouri hosts Ole Miss. Tennessee's got Auburn. Kentucky. What does Kentucky play Saturday? I should know that. They they are at Arkansas.
3: Ooh.
2: Yeah. Pretty spicy on the final weekend of the regular season. But the game of the night was in Tuscaloosa. Alabama down big at home shooting poorly against Auburn. And Alabama climbs all the way back. They send the game to overtime. You had... Players from Alabama that left the bench after a little bit of kind of a face-to-face. There's no pushing, no shoving. Long delay with the officials at the monitor. A couple of Alabama players ejected from the game. Goes to overtime. Alabama ultimately gets the win. And Bruce Pearl, after the game was over, was absolutely beside himself. He was doing the post-game interview with... Andy Burcham from the Auburn Sports Network. And by the way, I feel for Andy Burcham because this is as hard an interview as there is to do for a radio announcer. Listen in. This was Bruce Pearl postgame with Andy Burcham from the Auburn Sports Network.
5: Um, you know, obviously it made some play. We had a hard time staying in front of them at the end of the day. Um, I'm just sick and tired of our guys getting snatched down there. Smashed! Talk about the, the, the final possession in in regulation, Coach. Um, you had the ball with about 25 seconds to go. Yep, we got a middle ball screen. Wendell got a good look. Their guys, uh, you know, had a clean one. That would have been a great, you know, great way to end it. What defensively were you able to do tonight? Um, and over a good portion of the game against this Alabama offense played hard played physically Message Did the best job. We could to keep off the offensive boards Message to your ball club after this yeah. one first just we played hard to played. Well, you know if, if that's the number one team in the country, you know come on the road, a road hostile environment Yeah, you know, but we needed that one to get to the NCAA and we and we didn't get it Dylan Cardwell's hurt. He probably not going to play against um, Tennessee because of his injury. We need his physicality. He got got fouled down there at the the end of the game. So. Coach, just talk about what what Saturday represents now. Oh, just, we'll get ready to play Tennessee. We're we're incredibly outmanned at the end. At three, four guys on the bench in foul trouble. Joke! Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl joining
2: us. Joke, he says as he slams a headset down and walks off.
1: I have a question for you, as as an announcer. Mm-hmm. At some point, like after like the second question, it's clear where you're going with this, right? It, it's clear it's going to go badly. Why don't you just be like, thanks, coach, and, and let him go?
3: Especially, we're, we're,
1: this isn't. He's not. That's not the That's not the ESPN guy. That's the Auburn hometown guy. Yeah. Let him get out of there, man. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's a sponsored thing, right? I mean, you, you have yeah. a coach interview post game, it's a sponsored deal. He talks to the radio guys win or lose after every single game. Bruce is one of the best interviews that's out there. I mean, you, you can like him or not like him, but he is engaging. A lot of times he's trying to get his message across, and he's going to answer questions the way that he wants to. But, I, I mean, I respect what Andy's trying to do there. I mean, it's not like he's keeping him for eight minutes. I mean, he got a minute 25 out of that. I I think your question is very legitimate, right? Do you not just, like, cut your losses and move on? But you got to try and get something out of him. And he got something out of him, all right. I wonder if that's going to be an expensive post-game interview for Bruce Pearl.
1: That's going to cost him some money for sure. Although he didn't, but all that st- stuff at the end—I mean, it makes a difference. But you blew a seventeen-point lead. It was sixty-six to forty-nine. I mean, the refs didn't give him seventeen points.
2: Yeah. I've got the video pulled up. By the way, you can, uh, if you want to go to Twitter. It's at Grant Ramey. You can watch it. They've got like a, a courtside cam video set up. You can watch it if you want to. There's not a whole lot there. It's kind of tough to see, tough to hear, whatever. But, um, if you're an Auburn fan, you're glad that, uh, that your coach is standing up for your team that way, right?
1: He was yeah. quoted as saying later, he will never schedule Alabama in the regular season again.
3: <laughs> okay. I saw a great uh, response to the Alabama ejections last night, by the way. Pat Forty said, multiple ejections for Alabama, unreal. Guy quoted it and said, wow, wait until Nate Oates becomes aware of this in the postgame. Mm. game." <laughs> Oh, man. It's amazing. It really is so surprising that they've continued to play the way they have. Think about it. it, it, The context, people dance around what, what has happened there. A few weeks ago, a player on that team was arrested on capital murder charges in a situation in which two other players watched it happen. They were there and saw it happen, one of which delivered the murder weapon, and yet they win, and they win, and they win, and the deliverer of that weapon plays well, and plays well, and plays well. It's, it's kind of crazy that they are able to continue to play basketball at a high level with all of that going on, and it's more controversy because their coach handles everything terribly, and the 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 pat down, the the weapon check, all that stuff, and they just keep winning. Javon
2: Quinterly was the big star for Alabama in the comeback last night, but Brandon Miller had a good game. He was only three of twelve shooting, but he had seventeen points and eight rebounds. Yeah, the. The level of, I don't even know if focus is the right way to describe it. Like the ability to just tune everything out and somehow focus on basketball. Man, that environment last night was incredible, too. That's a big building, and it was packed to the gills. It was intense. It was incredible. And what a comeback from Alabama to win in overtime 90 to 85.
0: Bruce Pearl said it's a joke Mm, from the flatlands of Mississippi sports talk Mississippi
4: every minute
0: worth waiting for super talk Mississippi
2: Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us online, available to you at supertalk.fm and, of course, Super Talk TV. Glad to have you along on our Super Talk Mississippi radio stations. You've got uh, baseball this weekend. Ole Miss is in Minneapolis for a three-game series in the Cambria College Classic. Being played indoors in Minneapolis at U.S. Bank Stadium. You've seen some pictures floating around online of the uh, setup for baseball. It's kind of a cool setup. Um, it's unique. And there's some people that are poo-pooing it because people love to poo-poo things on the interwebs. Um, yeah. But it's a pretty cool setup in a neat building. Period. A lot right? of negativity online. You think? I think? Yeah. Um, Mississippi State and Frisco for three games this weekend. Was it the Frisco College Classic? Is that, is that what this one's
3: called? We'll sure. go with that. How we'll can just, yeah? We'll go with that. How can you watch that one? I mean, You'd I'm guessing to, uh, Flow it.
2: Sports. Yeah, but like it something you know like Michael? that.
1: No, D1 baseball is offering a special. Uh, if you check out their their Twitter feed, then then the, you can stream it through them.
2: There it is. The Frisco College Baseball Classic being streamed through D1Baseball.com. March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. It is only available online at D1Baseball.com. You can buy a day pass for $9.95, or you can buy the weekend pass where you can watch all of the games for $24.99. My God. Okay.
3: So, first of all, love the guys at at D1 Baseball. And you got to get paid for... you got to make money. It's part of the deal. If you want to watch Ole Miss this weekend, you got to pay. What was it, like sixteen bucks or ten dollars or whatever. Is it either the SEC is just so far ahead of everybody else and they get it, or it, it feels wrong to ask somebody to pay twenty four dollars to watch college baseball on a website? Like, if you really want the game to grow, don't you want it to be accessible by more people? We're talking college baseball here. Yeah, but the people putting on the tournament are going to have to foot the bill
2: for it, and they're not just going to spend fifty thousand dollars to put however many games on television and cut into the revenue generated because they got to pay guarantees to teams, rent the stadium, and all that stuff. And so, and they did this last week in, um, they Round Rock, and and streamed them, and it was a really good product. Also, it was it was not.
3: What we've seen in the past. Look, I understand. I mean, things are expensive. You got to make money, but I I just I I keep going back to this. We ask so I say we as if I'm involved in it. People ask so much of their fans in terms of costs. Fans are are being everything's more expensive. Tickets prices are going up. All this stuff. Now you have to donate to collectives if you want to win. Everything's more expensive, and now if you want to watch the state baseball this weekend you got to spend 9 dollars a day to watch your team play on your computer screen it's not buying a ticket to the game this is you got to spend what you would spend on a ticket to the game to watch them through a computer screen at, at what point are we doing a disservice to fans by by just making them pay for everything you've got to pay for coaches interviews now if you want to see an interview with your coach you got to pay for it it's crazy how much all these microtransactions we're asking sports fans to do just to watch the teams play. It feels like it's just overwhelming. I've got friends that are not going to watch a single pitch of Ole Miss baseball this weekend. Why? Because they got to pay for it. They'll put Kellum on the radio. Yeah,
2: I, maybe I've just become immune to it or numb to it. But I look at that, like if I'm a Mississippi State fan, and I'm like, Okay, I can't go. I'm busy, can't afford it, don't want to spend the money on it. Spring breaks coming up, too much stuff going on, whatever the reason. And and I know that I'm going to be displaced on Saturday during the game. But I'm going to be able to watch Friday night and so for ten bucks I can watch I can watch the game while I do burgers on the grill on Friday night. And if I'm around on Sunday afternoon and they played well for two games and I want to watch that, I can. Or, if I just love college baseball and I want to watch all the games that are happening in this tournament, whether it's Mississippi State or otherwise, I can get that for 25 bucks. That doesn't strike me as a bad value. Now, dropping $32 at the concession stand for two hot dogs, a box of popcorn, a bottle of water, and a beer. See? That's a tough... That's a tough... It's hard to do that.
3: Yeah. And so even when you're not... But you getting to watch, like...
2: Six baseball games over the course of three days for twenty five dollars
3: doesn't strike me as yeah it does me I mean it, I assume if I asked the the good people here would uh, allow me to expense, expense them but oh I don't know well maybe either way I'm, I'm going to listen to the games on the radio because I, I don't want to have to deal with it just in case i I, I don't want to ask them to do that for me. I mean it just I don't know man you mentioned the concessions right so you've got an Ole Miss fan that's a season ticket holder or a state fan that's a season ticket holder and those went up and you mentioned the ridiculous concession prices and now when the team's on the road more money you got you got to just keep giving up just keep more money and 25 bucks in a weekend doesn't sound much but when it's Twenty-five bucks to watch the team, and then an extra seven dollars a month to watch the interviews featuring the team, and another twenty-five dollars to be a minimum member of the <laughs> NIL, uh, whatever they're called, collectives, and then another twenty-five bucks to be a member of the bullpen club, and it's it, it, it's that amount of money paired with everything else they're asking of these people that just continues to increase in price. And I. I I just I feel for people. And part of it is myself. I can't just throw twenty five bucks here and there and there and there just because I want to. It just you know it's asking a lot of these people. That's all I guess I'm getting at. It's
2: expensive, man. College athletics is expensive everywhere you turn. And getting but, you know, more.
1: 20, twenty years ago, this wasn't even an option. You just had to listen to the game on the radio anyway. At least you have the options now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good that's a good way of couching it. Because there are a lot of people, Borky, that would be really angry if there was no option to stream video.
1: I mean, how many Mississippi? We I saw mean, that Tuesday night. I, I we saw that Tuesday when we thought that game wasn't going to get streamed. People were losing their minds.
2: You know, I think it's one of those things where it, it, it's there if you want it. And if you don't, you don't have to pay for it. I mean, we're only, what, 10 years removed from having, like, 25
3: SEC games a year on television? Yeah. And now basically all of them are? But but that changed, right? And they, they've got the access to the technology, and I mean, the SEC's going to write, and I understand that the SEC's not putting this on, but the SEC's going to start writing $60 million checks to these schools, and it's like, here, you got to give us $7 a month for interviews. <laughs> the, the, well, not every, I mean, there are certain schools that are doing that. Right that's not not all, but Across but but some are, and. However,
2: if you want to hear an interview with Mississippi State head basketball coach Chris Jans, stick with us because in the five o'clock hour, we will play for you the conversation that Brian Haydad had on Thunder and Lightning last night with uh, the Bulldogs head coach. So that's coming
3: up.
1: See, totally free too. That uh, we will not charge. Not, not going it. to cost. Feel free to Venmo None. You guys want to send me some cash? Uh, my tips are open on Twitter.
3: Now, now that is what they call
2: a professional tease right there. Thank you. Thank you. You can be part Great of the conversation one, on the Seaspire text line at 601-879-4395. Mississippi State going to close out the basketball regular season on the road against Vanderbilt. Ole Miss is going to close out the basketball season, the regular season, on the road against Missouri on Saturday. And if we're being honest – Majority of Ole Miss fans are far less worried about the outcome of that game and the outcome of what happens in the SEC tournament than they are the future of the program in terms of who the next coach is going to be. Who is the next coach going to be? We don't know the answer to that, by the way. Um, I think I mentioned this in passing yesterday. I, I very definitively laid out who it wasn't going to be a couple of weeks ago. And I think what we have to remember, and the, the statement I made may end up still being 100% true, right? Because I said it's not going to be Will Wade and it's not going to be Chris Beard. I think in coaching searches you have to remember that what's true today is not necessarily true tomorrow and what was true two weeks ago is not necessarily true today. I feel really, really good about 50% of what I said two weeks ago. I think the other half of it has evolved. And there is a very real vetting process that is going on. And there's a whole lot of digging in. And if there's somebody that tells you right now that they know who the next Ole Miss basketball coach is going to be, they are either guessing or they are lying. And I guess maybe the flip side of that is if there's somebody, Richard Cross, that tells you that they know with 100% certainty who the coach is not going to be, well, I guess you could say they are either guessing or lying. I will say that this this coaching search seems to be evolving, though, and it's going to be really fascinating to see where it ends up. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back.
0: 7.3.
5: Check this out.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Okay, am I
2: looking at this correctly? Where for uh, Big Ten Plus, you're looking at fourteen ninety five uh, fourteen dollars and ninety five cents for a one month conference pa-
3: pass. Yes, I think. And it doesn't matter so. who
2: your provider is. You have to for the streaming only games. You have to buy. I think Big, a Big Ten Plus subscription. I think so. Sorry, I'm not trying to trigger you. <laughs> I, just, I think uh, there are people. I think there are people that might want to watch all this baseball just, this weekend.
1: Why don't we just cut to the crux of the matter? Borky is cheap.
3: Oh, I don't know if, just, if cheap is the you, right. You just word. don't like to spend money. Uh-huh. Uh, hey,
1: hey, I'm not, hey, hey, it's not a, it's not an insult. In this, in this time of American history, being cheap is a good thing. All right, you appreciate value. I don't have a problem with that. I just. Well, let's just not act like you. You know, true. You're not big on spending the cash.
3: Uh, I, I'm part of my gripe is is selfish. Um, in part because I grew up in an era where, you know, going to the game was just so cheap and accessible. My, my, my parents divorced when I was young. It, it it took a while for them to kind of financially recover from that. So it's not like we were just swimming in it when I was a kid growing up. But my dad and I would get to go to all these games because it it, it didn't cost $150 to take three people to a game anymore. I mean, we, we went... We we would go to Furman games. We'd go to South Carolina and Clemson basketball games. We'd go to the baseball team in town. Uh, Minor league baseball games are expensive now. So now that I've got my own, and yeah, he's three, so he doesn't really care about sports, but I I cannot wait to take him to baseball games this summer because I know all the stuff is going to intrigue him. And like if he sees baseball on TV, I get a good 20 to 30 seconds out of him where he will actually look at it and pay attention. So being there, well, but, man, I I don't want it to be like I have to save up to go to one game a month because it's so expensive anymore, because I want him to have the same exact experience I had, where if there's a game in town, we're going, because we can, and right now we can't. But, anyway, you, you mentioned that things have changed a little bit on Chris Beard, right? Where they are i didn't doing, say they had changed on Chris Beard. Uh, not changed, but vetting whatever is going Chris on. Beard. Well, but that's that's what we're talking about. Ole Miss is doing their exploration on Chris Beard. Does it mm-hmm. come to a oh, it's hire? Beard?
1: I would have. St- y'all had not said. I thought it was going to be Wade.
3: It's it's Beard. Okay. Yeah. So so does it mean they will hire him? No. Does it mean that they are looking into it? Yeah, sure. But I don't think Keith Carter is a stupid person. In fact, I think he's quite smart, and he would not be just considering one coach. So while they're doing this, do you know anything about anybody else? Cuz when you're out, I talked about Chris Mack, but I have no idea if that's like something they're actually considering or he'd be interested. I just I find his candidacy if it was one to be interesting because of his resume and he's currently not coaching a team. We we've talked about the process a little bit, right? I mean, I
2: don't think it's any it's like not divulging state secrets. I mean, Keith Carter's got a list, right? And that list has got a bunch of names on it. I don't know if it's got five names on it or 50 names on it. My guess would be that it's somewhere in between those two. And so I think this part of the process you'd call due diligence. And and so, I mean, do I know if Chris Mack is on the list? i got no idea. Chris Max, a successful basketball coach that's available, I'd be shocked if his name wasn't on the list. Yeah, we kicked around Chris Holtman a couple of weeks ago. He seems to have kind of re-upped with Ohio State, and things are there. Is he on the list? I, I would, I would assume so. Dusty May's going to be on the list at FAU. Pat Kelsey at College of Charleston going to be on the list. Ron Hunter, Oh, we kicked his name around a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, or a week or so ago. Head coach at Tulane that had a bunch of success at Georgia State. He's going to be on the list in the same way that Chris Beard is. And I don't know. I'm not convinced that Will Wade's on any list. I, I'm just not. Um, Because there's so much uncertainty about what the NCAA is going to do, and you're not going to know. Like You you can't go down a road where you don't know if the guy that you hire is going to end up with a show cause three months after you hire him. So the Chris Beard thing, would Ole Miss hire him? No idea. I, I, I don't know. But I think it's more of a possibility than it was a couple of weeks ago when I said definitively Ole Miss isn't hiring Chris Beard or Will Wade. And I think that because as you go through the due diligence process, you you learn more. Even if you, let's just hypothetically say that Keith Carter got to a point where he was comfortable with Chris Beard. Does that mean that you automatically can hire him? Lane Kiffin wasn't hired because Keith Carter decided that's my guy and I don't have to ask anybody. You got a lot of stakeholders that have to sign off on something like that. I'm just not as I'm not as entrenched in what I said two weeks ago today as I was then. You're, You're hearing
0: sports talk, Mississippi. What? what? This is so awesome on Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour on this Thursday. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad, thank you for being with us. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we would love for you to join us on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Uh, get the business help you need when it comes to IT solutions from the Seaspire business team. Visit them online at cspire.com slash business to learn more. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Go to the events tab and uh, you can see everything that's coming up, including information about the uh, Double Decker Arts Festival. Which will be here at the, uh, at the end of April, the last weekend of April. Full lineup of music, great food and, uh, plenty of arts vendors and just a really cool weekend. It's April 28th and 29th on the Oxford Square in downtown. Uh, be sure to follow Visit Oxford on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. For all the information about what's
3: going on at visit Oxford MS. Nolan Smith just ran a four 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 at the Combine. 4-4-4. It's faster than Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. Is that good? It's a defensive lineman.
1: Not not faster than Montez Sweat, though. Mm. What was his time? Four three nine.
3: It's insane. The the defensive tackle from Tennessee, whose name's escaping me, ran like a
2: 4-5-2. Nolan Smith, the former Georgia Bulldog. Georgia's putting some guys in the NFL these days. Yeah. Putting some guys in the NFL in a big way. And obviously the the Jalen Carter story is going to continue to get attention. He returned to Athens and then... Went back to Indianapolis for the uh, for the combine, and uh, we'll see where that story goes. Two misdemeanors, at least, uh, unless anything changes. It's hard for me to believe that ultimately that's going to change his draft status. Maybe he doesn't go one overall. If indeed the team with the first pick was ready to go that route, maybe maybe that changes.
3: But it's interesting. So there, Todd, Todd McShay got roasted back in, I, I believe, late December when talking about him or I think it was late December when talking about him and mentioned that there are some teams that are concerned about character issues. That's all he said. Didn't provide specific detail. And all of these publications were Oh, how dare Todd McShay! He's just making stuff up for clicks. And then th- this happens. So that If they were already concerned some people might have their justification for not, for for passing.
2: Yeah, and and I'll always remember what John Harris said to us a couple of years ago when we were talking about the draft, and he said, you know, with these interviews and and this process, all, all these guys are talented. They're all good. And you've got NFL front office people who are as much looking for a reason not to draft someone as they are looking for a reason to draft someone. Like, give me a reason not to take this guy. Okay, I'll check him off the list, and we'll go to somebody else. And so, it's possible that that could factor in on Jalen Carter. But then they're going to turn the tape on, and they're going to watch his pro day. They're going to watch him run. They're going to look at what he's done with pads on. And they're going to go, you know, those were misdemeanors. He was young. He explained to us in a one on one scenario what happened. He admitted to making a bad mistake and having learned from that. Are we really gonna pass on a guy that if we don't take him could torment us on the field for the next eight years? I mean that
3: that's the debate
2: that's gonna be going on.
3: Yeah. Tunsa wouldn't have fallen had that video not come out a week before. Just one week, he wouldn't have fallen. It was just that it happened that night. If they had known that that video existed, I mean, just days before the draft, the Giants would have taken him at, what, three, four, whatever it was. And it's still
2: still pretty incredible that Laramie Tunsil fell the way he did, given the popularity of, what's the word, hey, Dad? Marijuana. Among players in the NFL. Let's not pretend like every front office doesn't know that it's got guys up and down its roster that smoke weed. Or vape it, or gas mask it, or whatever else it is that they do. Edibles. Edibles. That's the part that's crazy. Yeah. But they don't right.
3: mess up because he's one of the best
2: <laughs> tackles in the league. So yeah, it, it seems to have worked out, and I don't think that there have been a whole lot of issues that Larry Tunsell has had to deal with off the field
3: since the night he was drafted. Yeah, his charity foundation probably takes a lot of his time, though. So probably so. Th- that's an issue. It might be distracting. Instead of studying film, he's doing charity work. Let's get it. College football fix right now. The college football fix
2: is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. It's Truck Month, Mississippi. Check out the 2023 Ford F-150, the all new Ford Super Duty. Or if you're looking for a pickup, maybe the Ranger or the Maverick is what you need. Start your search online at buy Ford now. End it at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Hey, Dad. Can you, uh, can, can, can you help me make sense of this? Mississippi State. Michael Borky writes this. Mississippi State added a transfer tight end who transferred to Mississippi State. After signing with Mississippi State and playing at Mississippi State out of high school.
1: Did we get that right? Yes. You got it all right. A couple stops in between, but yeah, we're good. Uh, Jorquarius Spivey,
2: most recently from TCU, is headed back to Mississippi State. Yeah. Tell yeah. us more.
1: Well, you know, Jaquarius Fivey signed with, uh, I think he signed with Mullen, if I'm correct. <laughs> okay. uh, so give you an idea how long it's been. Played a couple of years here, uh, you know, good athlete, but then Mike Leach comes in. What does Mike Leach not need on his roster? Tight ends. So he hits the portal from there, uh, spends a year at Arizona State. Uh, I think at that point, the NCAA rules that you can get a free transfer, so he gets another one. And goes to TCU, where he spent last year and finished as the national runner-up. No matter what you say, Michael Borky, that is still, he is still part of the national runner-up. They and went, they now, played. now he's a grad transfer, or he's grad transfer eligible. And Mississippi State all of a sudden needs tight ends. And so Spivey wants to come back home. And uh, he will be uh, on campus this fall. And State has now added another tight end to the room, uh, two, two grad transfer tight ends. I should take that back. Uh, Godie is not a grad transfer. He has a couple years to play, uh, but a couple veteran guys, and uh, we'll see, uh, You know, obviously, playing time is something that's certainly very much up for grabs here in Starkville at the tight end position. Uh, you know, this spring you've got a bunch of guys who are not tight ends playing tight end, so we'll see how many of those you, guys stick there. But now you've at least got a couple guys you can count on.
2: Did you say Arizona State mixed in there? I
1: did. He considered Arizona State.
2: Oh, considered. Didn't actually go. No, I th- he, he, no, he he was there. Well, he didn't play a game there.
1: Wasn't well, he may there not for... have played a game there. But I... All right, so, he so
2: 2018, he, he's part of the 2018 signing class. So he's 2018s his first year at Mississippi State, and he redshirted. Played in three games, but stayed under the threshold, so he redshirted. 2019, played in all 13 games with two starts as a redshirt freshman. 2020, as a sophomore, played in all 11 games with three starts. 2021, as a junior, made his TCU debut and played in 10 games with three starts. And then this past season, 2022, his second year at TCU, he played in all 15 games he had one catch. No, what? He had one receiving touchdown. He had a total of eleven catches for 136 yards and a touchdown. Yep. Yeah. So he never played a game at Arizona State. But that is part of his. He just went to see the scenery. Why? Well, you know, he was there for a winter. It was, you know, usually warm and nice. There. It was what? 83. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly, although they had a little cooler cooler winter in Arizona than uh, than normal. All right, Took so this tight end group is probably not going to look like future tight end groups, right? For Zach Arnett at Mississippi State, but they had has bodies,
1: right? I mean, that's why this. That's why this. Uh... This spring, you've got a converted defensive lineman, a converted offensive lineman, and a converted wide receiver playing tight end. There you go. Makes sense. Yeah.
2: You can be part of the conversation on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. That's how you can be a part of the show, 601-879-4395. When we come back, we will hear Brian Haydad's conversation. From last night on Thunder and Lightning with Mississippi State head basketball coach Chris Jans on the Farm Bureau guest line.
0: Are we gonna do this? Back to Sports Talk, Mississippi. Keep rolling.
5: Three, two, one.
0: Super Talk, Mississippi.
1: Head men's basketball coach at Mississippi State University, a man known as the dentist by our friend John Rothstein, Chris Jans. Coach, you know, John also has another saying. He likes to say, this is March, and this is March. It's March the 1st. Has it felt like March for you for about the past five or six weeks? It feels like your team, maybe not in must-win mode every game, but you knew you had to pile up some wins.
4: Yeah, it's felt like March for weeks, not going to lie. You know, I'm used to being in a league where you had to win three games at the conference tournament to play in March Madness. Now, don't get me wrong, when you're going down the stretch and you're fighting for a regular season championship, those are meaningful, and I mean, we try to have an attitude and approach of every game being the Super Bowl, of how we prepare as a staff, and then obviously let it bleed down into the players, but... Um, Just with the quality opponents and coaches that we're playing each and every night, and you know that we finally got some wins, you know, strung together where we got ourselves back in the conversation. It just felt like each and every night, you know, was a must-win situation. And um, so it's been, as I talked about last night after the game, almost a surviving and advanced mentality, especially the last two or three games where. Uh, how you play is almost irrelevant. It's more just, hey, figure out a way to get a win and, and get on to the next one.
1: I think coaches like to hear that their teams are mentally tough. I think they take that as a compliment. And I think your team is mentally tough. And I'll just tell you that a year ago, I didn't think they were mentally tough. I, I just didn't. Is that something that you have to coach? Or is that something that they, they either have it or they don't? Well, I
4: appreciate it. Saying that. Uh, I'd say we're still a work in progress, but we've definitely gotten better in that category. And yeah, I would tell you most coaches would, would agree with your sentiment that you would love to have people that are in the know and understand what's going on out there, that your team has some mental toughness to it. Because at the end of the day, when you get late in the season and scouting is at a all-time high and familiarity is you know strong with everybody, that you're playing i mean you just gonna have to have those kids stay strong together and, and fight through the ups and downs of each particular game and the runs that come with it and um, this team's definitely gotten better in that category and um i think there's a lot of that goes into it certainly recruiting has something to do with it you know you do your due diligence and try to find guys that fit You know the style and personality that you want to have as a program and as a team and then definitely once you get your group together you know you try to put them in situations uh create a little bit adversity at times to see how they're going to handle it you know with whatever the case is i mean you just try to find ways and experience you know helps to put them in those situations and then certainly when you get to the games you know, they're in the, in, the, in the big end of the pool, if you will, the deep end, and they've got a safer swim at times and, um, you know, being in those situations in the games and see how they handle it kind of gives you an idea of where they're at for sure.
1: Just want to point out that within your answer, you referred to me as somebody in the know. So I'm going to put that on my resume. I am a person in the know. When I would. It comes I would, I would strive
4: for more. I would strive for more than me telling you you're a guy in the know. Okay. I Coach, would I take what more. I can I get want in to this talk life about the fact that I didn't realize that you know when John Rothstein decided to you know give me and our program um, some exposure, I guess, um, or at least a name and he's been prone to do for a lot of coaches uh, that he's been (laughs) handing out these names, that it was going to stick so much locally, and I'm not complaining. Um, I just didn't realize that would be the lead-in to uh, tonight's conversation.
1: (laughs) I I, I said on Twitter today I had a dentist appointment at 6.20 p.m., so here you are. I'm, I'm in the chair with you. Oh I, you know, being in the media, we, we talk about preseason and expectations. And, and what I would tell you is that this team has overachieved relative to my expectations of them back in November. And I think most people in the media would, would tell you the same. As a coach, do you ever think in terms like that? Do you ever think, hey, this team, I'm getting more out of this team than maybe even I expected? Or or do you think about being, you know, I'm ahead of schedule, we're behind schedule, especially in terms of during the season?
4: Not really. You know, I think obviously most coaches are uber-competitive, and when you read the prognosticators and all the people that are smarter than us try to pick an order of finish, I mean, it's really, really hard to do, especially in the landscape of college basketball with the portaling and the transferring that there is now. But, um, I mean, you always want to exceed expectations, right? That's what everyone's goal is, to be better than what you're expected, to Um, use it as motivation and, um, you know, I'm not trying to, I mean, this is what it is. Like we haven't exceeded my expectations of this year's team. Once we got them together and we started practicing, you know, I thought we'd have a chance. You never know how the season will unfold. And I was obviously clueless to what it's like to go through an SEC schedule, um, And so I didn't, you know, have anything to compare it to in terms of this team competing in this league. But our staff and our players, I mean, we we talked in the fall about, you know, where we wanted to be at this point in the year, and and we're there. I mean, certainly I'd love to have another win or two under my belt, but, you know, we don't. And and that's where we're at, and, and we're in this position that, Every game is so meaningful, and it's that survive and advance mantra already. Even though we're not in the conference tournament yet, or any other postseason tournament, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I'll let other people judge if we've exceeded expectations or not. But uh, we're just really focused on you know, trying to prepare for for each and every game and, and get the most out of this team as we head down the stretch.
1: I don't think it's it's any you know great mathematical equation to say a team plays better when its best player plays better. And you know, you look at the first five games, especially of SEC play. Tolu Smith, I didn't think he was playing very well. had a, had a, had some rough times, especially at the free throw line. The Alabama game on the road, he, he he turned it around, and since then has been playing at an incredibly high level. What changed for him in terms of his game, maybe his preparation, that's that's turned him back into the player we had seen the previous years.
4: Yeah, I would agree with everything you said. Um, You know, I'm not sure. I try not to speak for for my guys. But I don't know of any one instant or one moment or one play or even one game that turned the tide for Tolu. But he definitely struggled early. Um, One thing that stuck out to me was was almost as if he was begging for fouls when he got around the basket, that he would make his move and like his goal was to get fouled rather than – Actually put the ball in the basket and he had a lot of attempts that were flailing attempts at the rim. And I was just a little surprised and I talked to him about it because it's not like he was a veteran of this league and he knew how physical it was more so than I did and should have known that that wasn't going to work, that these officials are the best of the best and they're not going to, you know, get tricked by any of that, you know, flailing around and and acting like you got fouled and it's a physical league regardless. Uh, of the histrionics that go on sometimes when you're trying to draw a foul. And um, I believe that that had something to do with it. He kind of got back to more focused on just, you know, if I get fouled, I get fouled, I'm going to make this move and not worry about getting blocked or getting fouled and, and, and see what happens. And um, he just, to me, just he's got more comfortable in his space. Um, certainly the system you know, it's new for him, and um, he understands, you know, what his role is in it and where he's going to get the ball and, you know, all the things that we run specifically for him, and then even in our breakdown offense of of where he can, you know, fit in and and get touches and, and get opportunities in space. And what I've been most impressed with is just his growth of now that people are, Have given him so many different coverages around the basket when he has the ball and he's just handled it for the most part really, really good, especially lately. Like last night, you know, he had three assists and zero turnovers and he had to handle, you know, some trapping situations and then even handling, you know, our point guard being trapped off of him because he doesn't shoot the ball from the perimeter and getting the ball in space and, you know, not being a deer in headlights, you know, being able to function, um, away from the basket like that and make the correct play. And, um, so he's, really in a good rhythm, and certainly I think the confidence in the free-throw stroke has gotten better and better, and um, hopefully that's all behind him.
1: Only got maybe a minute left to go, but I think the term glue guy sometimes gets overused, but that's Cam Matthews to me for for, for this team. Just in, in 60 seconds or less, what does he mean to your team?
4: One word. Warrior. And that's about as big a compliment as I'll probably ever give someone Um, he's a warrior. I mean, he just, he's ready to roll. You know, whatever we need, if if it requires, uh, you know, switching on to whomever, you know, he's going to get it done. Um, He's just highly competitive, cares about winning, cares about our basketball program and our basketball team, and he's You know, an emotional leader for us, and he's so darn coachable. I mean, that's what I probably love the most is, you know, he likes to be coached. He handles coaching, and he's a big part of our team, obviously.
1: One more game in the regular season for Mississippi State this Saturday at Vanderbilt as they try to put a bow on a tournament resume.
0: Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Sports Talk Mississippi.
2: the segments left with you on this Thursday afternoon of Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks, as always, for being with us. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Spring merchandise is beginning to arrive, and they are going to help you look your best. Regardless of what you're doing, whether you're getting ready for spring break or you're going to the ballpark or maybe you've got a little beach trip coming up, be sure you check out the uh, the new gear. All of their tops, the classic collection polos, the club collection, they're fantastic. Solids, stripes, nice comfortable weight. Still got pullovers for those cool afternoons and evenings that we've got as we transition from uh, winter to spring and then spring to summer. And uh, be sure to check out the collegiate collection. Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, Missouri, Louisiana, Memphis, Texas A&M. You can find all of those logos on their golf shirts. Genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk, Mississippi. Michael Borkey is the architect of a sometimes segment. It's not a recurring segment. It is, or maybe it is recurring. It's recurring. It's not,
1: it's not, it's not daily. It's recurring. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Fair or foul, and Michael Borky brings a uh, a little bit different type of fair or foul question to the conversation today.
3: Yeah, so on a s- Southwest was a, a very proud of something that happened on one of their flights recently. They shared it on social media of a guy who is uh, either sitting on a chair or on his knees at the very front of the plane playing a violin, and the flight attendant has the phone that talks the entire plane right up against his face so the entire plane can hear this gentleman play the violin. Apparently, he is a professional violinist. Um, Maybe I'm not cultured? Doesn't sound like he's a professional violinist. Either way, it fair <laughs> or foul... Forcing the entire airplane mid-flight at 30,000 feet to listen to one guy play a violin by himself.
2: Hey, Dad, I'm going to let you start.
1: I say foul. I mean, now, granted, if I'm on a plane, usually I have earbuds in, so I probably could have tuned it out. But forcing people to to listen to anything. You're on a plane. I just want to get from point A to point B. If I want in, if I want in-flight distraction, I will bring it with me. Uh, I do not want. I, this is not as foul as that one where the uh, they started having a revival on the plane and everybody was singing and playing guitars and stuff. That one was a little bit way overboard. This is still overboard. But I say foul.
2: I'm going to go fair on the violin, but foul on the loudspeaker. If you have ever listened to an announcement on an airplane, you know that about 95% of the time, that is the worst speaker system on planet Earth. It's either too soft or it's too loud. It crackles or it blows you away. The flight attendant whispers into the, uh, into the telephone handpiece that, that projects over the whole plane, or he or she yells into it. And the frequency with which announcements are made on some flights is just maddening. I really only need to hear from you when I have to hear from you on the on the plane. Like I think they're they're required by law to say something. So I'll give you a break. But I don't need constant updates. Like I can I can check the temperature of the location and the time of the location at which I'm arriving on my phone when I land. I'm good on that. And so the violin playing, and it seems to be that the passengers are mostly engaged with this. We got a lot of videos happening of this guy while he's playing. That's fine. I don't need it projected over the whole plane. So, so I'll go fair for the violinist, but foul for the flight attendant. Uh, yeah. And if you're if you're sitting in thirty-one E and you can't hear, I'm sorry, that's on
3: you. And those jokers holding their phones, you know they're not going to watch that video again. The only reason why they're holding their phones recording this violinist. that they, they have no idea who this person is and will never see or hear him again is so they can post it on Facebook to tell their friends that, oh, there's a guy playing a violin in my
1: airplane. Uh, there could be another reason. They could be getting that video to send to Southwest and be like, I demand a full refund. I was subjected to this on this flight.
3: Uh, one of the comments says, I would open the... Uh, escape door and swan dive out of the airplane if I were a passenger. No, it's, it's so stupid. If I'm in, in public, if I'm in a public space, I'm not one of those people that, like, will take the armrest or anything like that. That's not me. I, I want to be as, as convenient for other people as possible when I'm around other people. I don't it, – it's not about me if I'm on an airplane. If – or, or like at the park or whatever. I don't want to inconvenience a single person. My goal is to be within my sphere and not impact anybody else's day. And, unless it's positive. If somebody wants to engage in conversation, sure, I'll talk to them. It's not like I'm a hermit where I put my shoulders up and like hide from people. But I just want to be out of people's way. I don't want to inconvenience
2: their day. Morky, the, uh, the tweet from Southwest Airlines. Imagine getting serenaded at 30,000 feet by a professional violinist. Some of the responses: I'd settle for some flight attendant to enforce carry-on rules and didn't act like passengers are an inconvenience. Um, no thank you. I'm just trying pilot- to sleep.
1: Did they get the pilot to introduce him? Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. We got a violin player here who's going <laughs> to... Let's uh, tell you play a little song. Yeah, but so
2: I say all that ooh, to. Ooh, how about this one, Bort? I wish I could imagine what it would be like to finally get a response on the multiple tickets I've had open since January. That would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the, the Southwest or any air, airline should also respect that. I've been on a plane where there was like an acapella group that performed like a little routine on it, and I, and I just wanted to throw them all off the plane. You have no idea why all those people that are sitting in a metal tube in the sky are there. Like, there are there, there are so many reasons why. Some, maybe, they're going on vacation. That's great. Other people, like, the last time I was on an airplane was to go to a funeral. So I, I'm in a horrible mood. I'm having to connect through Detroit, Michigan, to go to Sandusky, Ohio, where it's snowing, to go to a funeral. I don't want to, in that moment, I don't want anybody to talk to me or bother me. Like, I, I, I it's a very depressing moment in my life. I don't want to hear a violin player that I didn't personally, like, choose to put in my ears so I could listen. You just, you have no idea why people are on that plane, and they're stuck there, and you force them into something like that. It's goofy, and you shouldn't do it.
2: Uh, There are a lot of people that are saying they get Titanic vibes from this. The guy playing the violin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm Yeah.
2: I'd fake a peanut allergy and start choking so we could make an emergency landing and make it stop.
1: (laughs) So, basically, what we're getting here, I think, I don't think anybody has said fair other than Richard, but he had a caveat to it. Everybody else thinks it's foul. Yeah.
3: Except for the people recording it so they can post it on Facebook so all their friends can tell them how cool that was. But deep down, when they type the comment, great moment today on my
1: flight to. On my flight to Des Moines, this young, talented man blessed us with it.
2: I'm sure it's one of those things where if there are 100 people on the flight, there are like 20 that really liked it. There were probably 40 that were kind of indifferent to it, and then there were probably 40 that were like, I just want to jump out of this plane.
1: I will pay you to stop doing this.
2: I wonder if it, if it has to do with your frequency of travel also. Like the more often you travel, the less interested you are in something like that happening on your plane. Probably. If you don't travel very often, you're just like, Oh wow, this is what happens. I don't know. I don't don't think it's as egregious maybe as the two of you do, but let me ask you this. So I've seen these, these YouTube videos where you'll get kind of like a flash mob. What if you happen to be on a flight? With a traveling Broadway show cast from Lion King, and you're sitting there, and all of a sudden oh, no. you hear a guy from like 27B go, <itesseffee>
5: or
2: whatever,
3: punch him in the gut.
2: Are you are you excited? But, but like when the whole thing builds up on the play, people pay hundreds of dollars to go see those shows in person. Sure, Not you me. Just get a little Surely bonus on the, the play. Homeland
1: Security Act saves me from this somehow. Come on.
3: I'd love, like, an air marshal to be the guy to shut something like that down. Hmm.
1: Start punching the window and be like, I swear I'll I'll, I'll suck us all out of here if we don't stop this right now. All right, how about this? I was on a
2: flight from Mexico, and the Marcellus band was on it, and they pulled out their instruments, and it made the flight go by fast.
1: All
2: right, so that's not an unknown violinist. You're talking about, like, Bradford Marcellus?
1: And that now we're, now we're now we're now we've 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 we put our toe into the world of possibly acceptable.
2: Okay. Somebody said fiddle, okay. Violin, nope. Sorry. We'll be back. Sports talk. we us play in
3: Texas.
0: <laughs> it's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: I know you're shocked to see another golf tournament with John Rom at the top of the leaderboard.
1: I I can't get over that fact.
2: It's a hater. Arnold Palmer, Invitational. Round one in the books. John Rahm, seven under par after a first round 65. uh, Scotty Scheffler is the defending champ. Pretty good leaderboard, too. John Rahm, Canyon, Sandra Shoffley, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Cantlay, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, Adam Scott, Are you roped in, hey, Dad?
1: Incredible. I mean, that, Can't that's wait. Not, I mean, it reads like the Masters.
2: Can't wait to get home and uh, watch the replay tonight on Golf Channel? Are
1: uh, we talking about, yeah, yeah I've already, I've already I've DVR'd it. I'm going to get home and just fire it up. Hey, we're getting
3: ambidextrous on the mound tomorrow.
1: Tell me
0: more.
1: Yeah, state announced its rotation for the weekend. Saturday, Sunday remained the same from last week. Grand Mintema and uh and uh Landon Gartman but on Friday Gerangelo Sanjay is getting the start the the both-handed pitcher for the Bulldogs the true freshman uh, will get the start I'm, I'm I won't lie I'm very surprised I thought Kate Smith would get another opportunity but that's not the case Smith out of the rotation entirely and uh, it'll be Sinjay on Friday and my guess is that if he does really really well then you might see him in that spot for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Not
2: just throwing him in there, throwing him in there in game one.
1: Hmm. Against a a pretty good uh, pitcher. I, let me Ohio remember State. his name. Uh, yeah, for Ohio State, Alex. I'm sorry, Isaiah Koopit, I, I, and I, I I don't know that I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that's how it's, it's how it's spelled. Uh, who's been their Friday night starter for the last two years, and is off to a really good start this season as as pitched. He's one and one, and in the one loss, they lost one nothing. So he's given up one run in 13 innings so far. His strikeout to walk is uh, 18 to one. Wow. So while you're in the Frisco, perhaps talk about the transfer portal with this young man. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) throwing throwing strikes like that,
3: you got a spot for that guy. But you, you say you expected Smith to get another one. Mm-hmm. There's no way they could have gone another Friday like that. Uh, you had to do something. Well, that's the
1: thing, though. It's, and, and I think we get, and I myself I put this on the podcast, I think we get caught up sometimes in, you know, what just happened. And we forget that Kate Smith started every weekend last year and started on f- the first Friday of the season and was okay. And sometimes you just have a bad start. And, you know, it just happens. I mean, Greg Maddox didn't, didn't throw a great start every time out. So, I, I really thought they'd give him another shot, and maybe there's something going on there. I don't know. He might, he, maybe you know, last week the reason he, he didn't play well is because he wasn't he wasn't right, and that's the case here. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that Senjay's getting the start, and I'm incredibly interested to see how he does. You
2: don't think Cade Smith's done in the weekend rotation, do you?
1: No, they're, 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 he's he's too valuable a piece and too too much veteran experience they'll come back to him at some point, I would think. Maybe not on Friday, but Saturday, Sunday at some point. I mean, I want to but, see what Aintema does. He had a great start last week, but can he do it again? We'll see. Yeah.
2: By the way, if you missed the conversation earlier, regardless of Michael Borke's opinion on this, if you were looking to watch Mississippi State baseball or Ole Miss baseball, here's how you do it this weekend. For Mississippi State, it's streaming through the D1 Baseball website, D1Baseball.com. There is a subscription. You can either buy a day pass, or you can buy—I think it's nine ninety-five, or the entire weekend, which is all six games in the Frisco College Baseball Classic, and that is what was it, twenty-four ninety-five. Um, for Ole Miss, it's actually cheaper than I told you earlier. You got to go to Big Ten Plus.com. Click on the subscribe button at the top right. It gives you three options. You want to get a school pass. So you choose the school pass and then click on Minnesota, and you can buy the one-month pass for $9.95, and that will give you access to all of the games in the Cambria College Classic. Ole Miss plays at, what, 3 tomorrow, and they play the night game on Saturday. Uh, I think it's at 6, and then they play at 1.30 on Sunday in the third game or the, the third day of the tournament. So that's how you can watch baseball if you are so inclined this weekend. Um, what do we miss? Big weekend of hoops coming up. I know we've got one more show before we uh, we get to the Saturday final Saturday of the re- regular season. SEC basketball tournament starts on Wednesday. Third weekend. I mean, it goes in a hurry once it starts, right? We're, we're about to roll into the third weekend of college baseball which means one more after this, and then it's conference play. So next weekend, you've got the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament and the final weekend of non-conference play, and then as the NCAA tournament begins, conference play begins, and we are off and running for 10 straight weeks. Thank you for being with us on this Thursday afternoon at the Pearl River Resort Studios. For Michael Borky and Brian Dad. I'm Richard Cross. We will talk to you tomorrow just after 3 o'clock. Have a great night.